All right. Welcome back to the emergency goalies. A only one game the past week, but I thought, you know what? The podcast needs a little bit of enlightenment, a little bit of fun. Blackhawks are playing horrible. So we have our uh, good friend, Katie Twierzynski, joining us. Hello, Katie. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me back on. Yep. All right. So I guess there was one game. It was the big tank fest, <laughs> the Blackhawks and the Ducks. And it went to overtime. I mean, of course, these are two equally yeah. bad teams. It, so, it sure seemed at the end of the game that neither team wanted to win it. No. <laughs> of course, at the end, the uh, Ducks actually, I guess, won. I'm, yeah. I guess it might not be a win for them in the overall tanking fest, but I just thought I'd ask, um, I guess, both of you guys, what are your thoughts on the one game this week? I'll start. Maybe, Katie, you can go first. I mean, I kind of wish they would just like get blown out in every game because I know it's tank season and they want to lose and rebuild and everything. But like watching them almost win and then lose is kind of not too fun either. Um, If they're going to like play competitively, respectively to the opponent, it would be nice to maybe just see a win once in a while, even though, again, I know there's a separate goal there, even if they can't officially say that. But these games that they lose by like one or losing overtime, it is kind of a bummer just because you do get invested in a game by game basis and seeing a win every so often is just nice. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't really surprised that they didn't win the one game so far. Yeah. Yeah. Our official stance on this podcast is we never cheer for them to lose during a game, but we are not heartbroken the moment that it's over. It's like, oh, OK, we lost. That's great. <laughs> yeah, we're like. We're ambivalent on the tank. Yeah. Yeah. I think I kind of am too. I mean, I understand it, but I also do think it's sort of a bummer to like go a whole season just hoping your team loses. And I don't, I mean, my teams lose enough as it is. Hoping for them to lose seems a little sad. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. We root for them during the game, but yeah, we, we, we fully understand that the, the need for the tank and the, the end goal here but yeah it's it's certainly something where during the games were i, I root or i I, should, I guess i shouldn't speak for sean but i root for them to win during the game but um yeah you know it was uh i think it was actually a pretty good game for the hawks where they outplayed the ducks for the majority of the game and you know i mean i know the ducks record is atrocious this year but um they have some talent on that team. Uh, I don't know if it's a coaching thing, a motivation thing, just rotten luck for them this year, but they are vastly more talented than the current Blackhawks roster. So the fact that these two teams are even competing for being the worst team in the conference is, is a bit surprising. So I haven't watched a lot of Ducks games. I, I can't say I know what's going on there, but it's, it's really weird to me that a team with you know, a, a halfway decent roster is playing so poorly. Yeah. Um, well, I guess, I mean, it, it's one thing. I guess we can be happy that the Blackhawks try hard. And, yeah. And- you know, like the, the the bottom two lines, I thought, played really well. They're really grinding out shifts and we're controlling the puck a lot. It's just, you know, those two lines don't have a lot of finishing ability on them. So for all the puck possession they got 
um, you know, they didn't really generate a lot. And that's, you know, kind of been the story of the season. It's an offensively challenged team. And even when they play well, it's tough for them to score goals. And that's pretty much what happened last night. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, since we've got Katie on here, and you might be one of the only people other than us that watches most of the Blackhawks games, but um, there's a little bit of a discussion this week about the announcing for the Blackhawks. And they, they're um, doing a little bit, I guess, like a shake-up in their studio show or whatever. And But it's just like their announcers are just kind of, uh, I guess I want to say blah. Is that the right term I would have for them? I, mean, I don't mind the announcers so much. I think the studio show is way worse. Um, but, I mean, I, they're probably not the most exciting announcers. And I do think they probably suffer a little bit from coming behind a really beloved duo of announcers by a lot of the fan base that people automatically were going to maybe be a little bit against them just because mm-hmm. you're used to what you're used to. Um, and people, I think, either really liked or maybe didn't like the booth, but it was what people knew. Um, so I think it is a little difficult. Plus, having to call some really bad games probably doesn't help yep. them out too much. It's a little bit difficult, I'm sure, to call when it's like seven to two and the team is really not doing anything to talk about. Yeah. No, that, that is kind of what, and it's just like, I think me, me and Michael were talking about this a bit, or I saw him on Twitter, and that it's just like they're not like bad announcers. They're just like, like very average announcers. There's nothing like really interesting about them. So yeah, I mean, to me, it's you know, it's a, it's a little bit of a personality thing. They're they're not the most dynamic um, gentlemen in the world, <laughs> and uh, you know, I I at least have some hope for them to improve. I mean, Vosters is very young. Um, Patrick Sharp um, is pretty inexperienced at it, and. It, it almost seemed like they had to fight very hard to convince him to even do the color commentary this year. He had just kind of started doing the studio stuff the last couple of years and seemed to be enjoying that. And um, from what I understand, when they first approached him, he was just like, nah, I don't really want to do, <laughs> you know, the studio's fine. But so maybe they eventually move him back to the studio if that's what he feels more comfortable with, or maybe he just gets a little more experience at the, the color commentary and decides he likes it. Um, but, you know, I don't really watch the studio shows stuff. I, I, I honestly barely listen to the announcers. <laughs> um, I, I can't really comment on the studio stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you know, it, like Katie was saying, you're, you're following a pretty beloved duo. Yes. And I, I do understand what the Blackhawks were trying to do with Foster's. Um, I I almost want to say that Foley probably had a little bit of influence on the fact that um, he was a very, very young guy when he took over the Blackhawks booth uh, in, I want to say, early 80s, mid 80s. Yeah, before like we were even, even born. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> not me. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, he, uh, uh, you know, like I said, he took it over very early. And, you know, he, he, he did really well from the, from the get-go, but I, 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 I do believe that he probably had some influence on um, that, that whole tryout aspect of things where he was like, Hey, you know, I wouldn't mind being succeeded by somebody in kind of the same 
circumstances that he was. And, you know, they tried out a lot of very young um, play-by-play guys and, uh, you know, they settled on Vosters um, and, uh, you know, eh, maybe he's going to grow into it. I don't know. Um, it sounded like they're committed to him for another year. And then I'm sure they can kind of decide by that point, um, you know, maybe if there's a little excitement next year, maybe we get Bedard or something else happens, um, you know, maybe it can overcome some of the, uh, help overcome some of the uh, doldrums within the season of bad games and stuff where there's just a little bit more excitement on the ice. Yeah. And well, I will say the studio show, I mean, I don't want to say that like uh, to put Chelios's daughter, she's not very good. And I don't think, she would be on there if she wasn't Chelios' daughter, but yeah, it's not it's not very good. The studio show. Yeah, and like I said, I I being out of town, I I never watch the pre or the post game, and I usually walk away during the intermissions. I just I I don't pay attention to it. Yeah, this just feels kind of disjointed. Like it's three people sitting there talking, but they don't have any real flow. Um, which I think, like, I don't pay a ton of attention to it either, A, because I don't really care what they have to say, and I don't think it's very good, but I think the chemistry maybe just isn't right, and so it's just kind of awkward. Even if what they're saying is, like, makes sense or is good commentary, the way that it's presented, I think, is just a detriment to them. Yeah, and it's one of those things, too, I think, I don't think any of us really, I know I don't really pay attention, but I'll just see for, like, I'll watch for, like, a minute or two and go, this isn't very good, but I don't watch it either. And I, that's probably the problem with why they're shuffling it up because their ratings probably aren't very good for it. But again, can you really judge the ratings on a season no. like this where, okay, I mean, you know, the team is intentionally trying to lose? I just, I, I don't think that's very fair to them I don't either. Think even the most dynamic, like, intermission would change the right. ratings. Uh, speaking of not watching, did anybody else not watch the All-Star festivities or did any of the three of us t- tune in? Because I know I didn't. I did not. I watched like 10 minutes. I watched Seth Jones do the hardest shot and had the slowest shot. So like, <laughs> that's perfect. That, that makes total sense. And then they had um, some bizarre thing where they were like, golfing with hockey sticks and i saw that and i'm not sure what that was but i i didn't i didn't catch even catch any of that on um social media or anything i just yeah i just have no interest in the all-star stuff i I don't know all-star games suck that's but i mean it's kind of a dismissive thing but they just i have no interest in them yeah it's just not not something uh I've ever really been interested in. Um, I, I want to say the last time I cared about an all-star game was probably like 1989. Wow. Um, so yeah, um, it's it's been a long time. And as we discussed, I'm 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 a little older. <laughs> I was a child at that point. I was gonna say I was four years old in 1989. I was eight. Okay born <laughs> katie's younger than both of us there. so i guess i'm trying to think if there's any other news this week i mean obviously we should talk about kane and Taves are now meeting with the gm and discussing what teams they'd be willing to go to 
So, yeah, I mean, it sounds like they both um, spoken with their agent, uh, Pat Brisson, um, and he's starting to reach out to teams from what I gather. Um, but it does sound like both of these guys are going to wait until the very last minute, um, which is expected. Um, you know, we've talked about it many times. These are guys that have been in Chicago a long time. If they do decide to move, it, they want it to be as least as least disruption for their young families as possible. And I'm sure both of them want to experience as many of the remaining three home games uh, at the UC uh, before they go. So I'm expecting both of them to go right up to the trade deadline. um, If they even decide they, you know, they're going to move. You know, it's, it's still not a sure thing. I don't think in either case, Um, I think not only is there a limited market, but um, I do think that uh, uh, if the market is limited enough where the trade return isn't very good, I, I don't think the Blackhawks would embarrass either one of them by like, you know, they're not going to trade Jonathan Taste for a fourth draft pick. <laughs> you know, they're going to keep him if that's all that they can get. And, you know, they're, they're, they're not going to do that. So, you know, we just got to see what what happens. Um, you know, if they, if the offers are out there, um, you know, the Blackhawks will absolutely move on from both of them. But if the offers aren't good or one of them balks or gets hurt or gets yeah. sick, you know, they're, they can stick around. Yeah. So I just, I'll ask you, Katie, since we've kind of talked about this a few times on our show, what are your thoughts on the whole Kane and Taves probably moving on? Um, I would be really sad, I think, just because right after their rookie year is when I kind of got into hockey. So I've really only ever known the Blackhawks with them. Um, and they're about the same age I am. So like saying we grew up is not quite right, because they obviously had a different past 12 years than I have. But um, I think it's just it would be sad because they were so instrumental and such key pieces to the team. And even now, when the team isn't so good, they have like the veteran presence um, and have still so much meaning I think to a lot of people in the fan base and to the team and the organization but I mean I do understand also they're both getting older and do want to win and maybe don't want to be on a team that is not quite going to be there yet Um, so I think it's tough I mean obviously there's the business aspect I understand it but just as like a fan with emotions I would be sad to see them go just because I'm so used to seeing them on my team and having them be a part of the team in my city yeah, it is. A, it's very much like um, what happened with the Cubs and, you know, uh-huh. Rizzo and Bryant and stuff. And it does kind of remind me of like last summer we had um, Contreras and everyone thought he's going to get traded. And they had his final game. It was so emotional. And then they didn't trade him. So, I mean, I guess we should always be on guard. But I really do think they both of these guys get moved. But you never know. Yeah, I'm preparing myself that they'll both be gone. And then if they're not, I can be like happy that one or both of them is still here. But yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know. I'm certain that it's not decided yet, but I could see a strong case for one or both of them leaving at the deadline. 
Yeah. So I guess we can kind of go for a little preview of the week ahead. There should be more than one game this week, Michael. Yeah, um, I guess if we're, you know, we've been doing a lot of recording on Wednesdays um, because that's when their off days have generally fell this year, but uh, they've got some Wednesday games coming up. So uh, assuming we record next Thursday instead, it's going to be a pretty busy week with two pairs of back-to-back games, um, starting off with another tank fest in Chicago against the uh, uh, Coyotes. Obviously, that's going to be very similar to the Anaheim game. Um, yeah. And then uh, the competition ramps up a little bit. Uh, they get to go on a bit of a, well, I guess you could say a trans-Canadian road trip where they're starting off in Winnipeg Saturday night on the second half of a back-to-back from Chicago. It's not that long of a, a plane trip, so hopefully that's... Um, they managed to play with a little bit of energy that night and then a couple of days off um, before doing a back-to-back with Montreal and Toronto. Mm. Um, so getting to see Kirby doc again, Tuesday night, see how check in, see how he's doing again. And then uh, Toronto playing some good hockey. And uh, you know, that's, that's certainly a team that the Blackhawks uh, and along with Winnipeg, um, are going to be vastly outclassed by talent wise. So um, I'm expecting a 4-1 loss in both, in both of those games, uh, but the Coyotes in the Montreal game should uh, hopefully be a little more competitive. Yeah. Like you were saying, um, Coyotes, there's only two games after that at home before the trade deadline. So. Yeah. I think I got it confused a couple of weeks ago when we were kind of talking about the upcoming trade deadline. Um, I was thinking these were the last two home games for Kane and Taze, but there actually is a couple more um, a couple of weeks from now. So, yeah. So, see, I'm counting on you for this stuff because I do no research. I, I do absolutely no research, man. I, I take the emergency goalie um, words seriously. I'm getting thrown in here. I do no, no preparation, no research here. <laughs> see, that's um, why we're such a hit. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, I, in years past, I would have known, uh, had a better idea of when the trade deadline was, but there's just been so many weird years lately with lockouts and pandemic interrupted seasons and everything. And the the dates get all thrown off and it's been years since we've had a normal season. So I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. And I'm just busting your chops anyway. Yeah. All right. You know, I mean, it's a bad season. We got to entertain ourselves somehow. Well, I mean, the trade deadline should hopefully be entertaining. So, yeah, um, it is something to kind of look forward to in a in a season of doldrums here. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I guess that's a good point to leave it. Um, I'll ask everybody. You know, as long as we still have Twitter, which is an open question, but. Um, Katie, your Twitter? Uh, for the time being, at least, it is at K-D-Z-W-I-E-R-Z-Y-N-S-K-I. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael? MJ underscore Ernst. I am STH85. You can um, subscribe on the Apple Podcast app or Spotify. 
And yeah, we're going to keep coming on and talk about the Blackhawks. And it might not be as fun without Katie, but. <laughs> Are you saying I'm not fun, Sean? Well, I mean, <laughs> you're very fun, but of course, it, you know what I mean? Just mm -hmm. sometimes. 